Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is On The Mark for Wednesday, November 15th. On The Mark drops every single Wednesday at noon. My name is Mark Carmen. We talk about the hottest things going on in sports. I bring you interviews from all around the world, coaches, players, media, who's ever interesting. I got my sidekick with me, Jake Valerius. Say hello. Hello. You look good. All right, we're going to start today with something that's been on my mind. His name is is Nikola Miritich of your Chicago Bulls. Now, I grew up in Chicago. I've been a Bulls fan my entire life. Michael Jordan is my hero, will forever be my hero. If anybody says LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, I get bothered. You're one of those guys, by the way. I'm one of those guys. God, are you annoying. But that's it's a, you're a great man. You're a very intelligent man. You're an interesting man. And therefore, I love sitting here with you. All right. Bobby Portis and Nikola Miritich are both on the Bulls right now, arguably the worst team in basketball. And it's training camp, and Fred Hoiberg is trying to get his team to compete and be good teammates, and they're having a spirited practice, and it ends up with Nikola Miritich and Bobby Portis annoyed with each other. Miritich steps towards Portis. Portis cracks him in the face, breaks his face, concusses him, sends him to the hospital. Portis gets suspended for eight games. Miritich is just out and hasn't played all season. They're both coming... Now, Now, fast forward along. Portis is back on the court. He's actually putting up numbers, 20 and 10s. And Nico is back on a bike, shooting around, has yet to practice with contact with the team, but is at the team facility. And he's talked to some of his teammates, but he will not talk to Bobby Portis, and he wants to be traded. Now, for reference sake, he can't be traded... Because, and I'm not going to get deep into the NBA rules here, but he signed a free agent contract in the offseason. He can't be traded till January 15th. He's going to be ready to play before then. But he can't get over the butt hurt of a dude breaking his face and concussing him, and he wants as far away from Bobby, and he won't even talk to him. And the Bulls keep on putting out on Twitter, well, you know, we got to bring him back slowly, and Bobby and Nico have yet to talk, but hopefully someday they will. Number one, Jake, if I hit you in the face and it was in your best interest to continue working at Fansided, where you love going to work, where you're getting your career off your ground and you're dreaming everything to make Fansided as big as possible, for you as big as possible, the whole thing, if I hit you in the face, 
would you say, hey, and say, say that the company was saying, you know what, Carm and you both got to get along. Would you demand to go somewhere else where maybe your opportunity wouldn't be as great because you couldn't get over your emotions with me. I mean, that's basically the position for Nico. He is on a team where he's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to have an opportunity to put up big-time numbers. He's enjoyed living in Chicago. His family's here. His son's here. His wife, his son, that type of thing. Why? I just think as a grown man, sometimes, you know, fights happen, and sometimes you get your face broke. I know that sucks, but you have to do what's best for you. And in my opinion, for Nico, forcing his way onto a team where he might not, he might be, go from like the sixth, seventh best player to the tenth, eleventh best player and barely see the court, that's not a good move. Get over it, man. He, Bobby Portis has apologized to you. He's texted you. He's called you. Enough with a three year old act. Pick up the phone or get, you know, some counselor involved and get over it. It annoys me that, that a guy can't move forward in life and is just going to hold on to something forever. Life's about moving forward, man. Make a move. Are we sure this is not all just sort of a long, protracted play to get himself off of the Bulls? Well, and okay. See, that's the thing. If it was, then you don't sign with the Bulls in the offseason. He, he wanted to stay in Chicago, sign a one-year deal with a team option for $27 million total, which, by the way, that obviously means he doesn't need to make another dollar in his life if he has a shred of common sense, but there could be an even bigger contract out there for him if he if he plays well in Chicago, showcases himself, and that opportunity is there for him. It also shows that he can move forward when things go awry like a punch to the face. These things happen, man. Players get in fl- fights with, with teammates all the time, and they move forward. This dude is sitting there on the – there's a picture of him on, on riding the bike above the practice court. They've got, like, two levels there. The whole team's practicing, and there's Nico riding his bicycle, like, looking down and won't talk to Bobby Portis. What are you – what are you, six? Hey, are you- the, I mean – Six-year-olds typically do not break each other's faces. That's true. When they punch them in the face, so you know it's it's a it's a big pride issue for sure. I mean, I th- I agree with you. To be clear, I I don't really get it. You know, like I think you made your point. You know, you're angry. You got punched in the face. Like, what do you what do you want? What makes this right? What does Bobby Portis need to do? Right, and when I've I've brought this up uh, on the radio at WGN, I mean, people want to like scream for Nico. You don't know what it's like to get hit in the face, and yeah, you know what? You're right because I do run Didn't away. Jordan from... punch someone in the yeah, face. Yeah, Jordan punched Steve Kerr. See, it's a it's a tradition, and that's the other thing, by the way. The rudest thing I can say about this, like Jordan punched Steve Kerr. You know why Jordan punched Steve Kerr? Because he was Steve Kerr. He was a backup guard, and you you know why. Bobby Portis punched Nikola Mirotic. He wouldn't punch Dwayne Wade when he was a bull. He wouldn't punch Jimmy Butler. He wouldn't have punched Mike back in the day. He punched you, Nico, because you're not very good at basketball. Yeah, I mean, was... there are a lot of options to punch people who are not very good at basketball on the Chicago Bulls right now. Yeah, that's that's true. You can punch so, the whole so, team. So so he he picks the guy who plays his position. Well, He's they competing for minutes. They're competing for for time, and they got into a tussle. They were they were got, clearly. I, I wasn't there. I'm assuming they were guarding each other. I don't know. Maybe maybe the organization are trying to trying to keep things spicy. Maybe but it's a top. Maybe it's a top down order. You you are with me though on this that you, you know you eventually could move forward. You don't have to be best yeah. buddies with them. No, for sure. I mean, at a, at a certain point, you got to say, look, what is best for my career? What am I doing here? Am I really going to sit around moping? Like I assume Nikola Mirotic likes playing basketball. You know, at right. the very least, he's really just going to sit around riding his exercise bike just to keep himself 
you know, what, to save face? At a certain point, it becomes more embarrassing right. not to get over it. Right. You, he, can, you, he could always punch Bobby Portis in the face. Yeah. Well, do that. That's get, better than nothing. Yeah, get your... Get, why don't you say... Why don't you get into... If that's the deal, get into a room with them and fight him again. Let's go for another full fight. Yeah, Fred Hoiberg, the referee. Right. All right. Let's, let's move on ar- around the, uh, the NBA here. So, a uh, huge game for the Cleveland Cavaliers this week. They were down 23... Uh, to the Knicks, and they outscore them by 18 in the fourth. Come back and win 104-101. And here's LeBron James getting in a uh, tiff with Enos Cantor, getting in a tiff with rookie guard Frank Nicotolina. I think that's how you say it, the, the Frenchman, and uh, and going at Phil Jackson. Just trolling the, the old man, as he called him, and, like, to me, you're a LeBron guy, and I, I, I would love to be a LeBron guy and just enjoy his play, and it's great, and his personality. But since everybody wants to compare him to Michael, it ruins it for me. But I'm wondering, like, from you on, like, the LeBron side, is this a LeBron that you want to see? Like, that you just, you, you, you love this LeBron. The, the, hey, Phil Jackson, I don't care if you're an NBA Hall of Famer, I'm going right at you, you ruined the Knicks, and you're a complete idiot, and, and you... You know, where you said negative things about me. Who's got the power here? I do, not you, 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 you old dud. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy this, LeBron, I'll be I, honest. I, I followed this story from reverse, so I saw the video in the game of him squaring up to Nikitalina, or however you say his name, yeah. and, uh, and then him fighting with Cantor and whatever. And then only afterwards I went backwards and actually read that this was all just kind of a long attempt to, you know, make fun of Phil Jackson as much as possible, which makes it all worth it. You should be allowed to do pretty much anything if the focus of your actions is to criticize and make fun of Phil Jackson. And, you know, LeBron was the, – the criticism I, I, I should mention here, he, he thought that the Knicks should draft Dennis Smith Jr. But I see – this is my thing, though. I really don't think he meant to do that to criticize Nikitalina. He didn't. It, it was just what he wanted to do was to criticize Mark Jackson – Phil Jackson, right, and it just sort of came at his expense, and this, you know, Enos Cantor got involved, and the whole thing kind of got ridiculous. But again, you know, the first his first target there was Phil, which is a big target, is a worthy target, and you know, good for him. And you know, this is all happening while everyone's freaking out about how the Cavaliers are melting down, and you know, they're a disaster. They can't win the Eastern Conference, whatever. Um, and I think this speaks to just how laid back LeBron is about the entire situation. Right. And and he can be fun and a troll all at the same time. Yeah. And he's going to, you know, score the go-ahead points right in Chris Asperzingas' face. Right. Still dominate on the court. Maybe should have got a triple-double. Some scoring questions yeah, there. 21 points. What was it? 12 assists, 9 rebounds. See, and that's the other thing. He played phenomenal in the fourth quarter. But for the first three quarters, the dude's out there like coasting, basically. Which, okay, long NBA season. You've been in the finals 7,000 years in a row right now. I get it. You're playing a bad Knicks team. You can just turn it on whenever you want. But he's got a little bit of that going on now in the regular season for a while where he just kind of goes into coast mode. And I don't, it's not a huge deal. Probably shouldn't even be bringing it up. But there's something about like if you're striving to be the quote-unquote GOAT, you're at Madison Square Garden, man. That's the Mecca. Aren't you ready to, you know, give your 
give your best LeBron the whole way? Is I that mean, is that too is that too nitpicky for you? Not not really. I mean, it's a legitimate criticism. Although we should acknowledge that you know, in terms of compared to the other goats who he would be on the conversation with, you know, your your good pal Michael Jordan, right. first among them. Yeah, he has played a ton more minutes over his career than any of these guys. Never played eighty two in a season. Yeah, but Jordan I'm talking t- about total minutes in his fifteenth NBA season. You know, he's within his rights to take his foot off the gas, I think, at times. But, you know, for me, this isn't really a story about about whether he's, you know, the greatest or not. And I, I think that's a clear, that's an area in which Jordan just night-to-night intensity, Jordan clearly was the winner there. But, you know, that's kind of a separate argument to me than right. who is a better just flat-out basketball player. Actually, let's, let's move on to something that I find very interesting, too. LeBron James brings his good buddy D-Wade over to the Cleveland Cavaliers, basically, right? I mean, he's, he's the general manager. He might as well be. I don't even remember who their new GM is after the whole shakeups over there. That's not exactly true. But regardless, LeBron gets Dwayne Wade to, uh, you know, D-Wade opts out of his contract at Chicago, signs with the Cavs $2.3 million. Now he needs some place to live when he comes to Cleveland. These dudes are buddies. They've been on the banana boat together. They won championships in Miami. They've known each other since they were rookies in the same class. D-Wade was staying at LeBron's in the LBJ mansion. And apparently he just, you know, felt uncomfortable staying at LeBron. So they put him in a hotel and now he's got his own place. I don't know how you feel about this, but like if I move, like I've moved radio cities, gone down to Houston, stayed with my guy, Nick Wright. And he kicked me out after a month. He's like, Carm, you could stay here every, as long as you want, but it's going to start costing you a hundred dollars a night. So, I mean, now D. Wade could have afforded that, but I couldn't afford 100 a night. So I had to find some rando on Craigslist and move in with him, Jimbo. D. Wade, LeBron's like got his own wing for him. He could have just stayed with him. You know that Dwayne Wade's only going to be in Cleveland for one year. Did, did LeBron kick him out? Was no. LeBron like, you got to leave? No. no. But, okay. I'm, but D. Wade felt uncomfortable. He felt like he was imposing? Yeah. And so he got, at least that's my understanding of it. And I then, mean, and then he got the I, whole, I feel like the etiquette is very different. When you know you're standing in like a one bedroom apartment compared to a mansion right in Cleveland with you know your your multimillionaire friends family and your family Where, where's Dwayne Wade's family where's Gabriella Union and the kids I assume they're in Chicago I don't really know they're still in Chicago yeah yeah I don't know that's a tough one see like I've never owned a mansion so I don't really know how you feel about those rooms right but see I'm not a mansion expert either but I'm thinking like these two guys they're buddies. Why can't D. Wade just have his wing for a year and then move on? I, I think it would have been... I, a, I think year, it, a year is a long time. Dwayne Wade's an adult man. You know, is he really trying... A very rich, successful adult man at that. Is right, he really the, trying to... I know, I know we love to talk about a banana boat and everything, and, you know, I enjoy that friendship as much as anyone, but... Except for them, I hope. But, um, you know... This is Dwayne Wade we're talking about. He can live wherever he wants, uh, oh, whenever he wants to live there. Right, but like you're an NBA guy, right? You're on the you're on the road for half the season. Yeah, and you're in Cleveland for the other half. Of the right. Season. So my, why not be like that? Have you just chill in the mansion and you and LeBron have a special time together? Why do we always got to be in our own little corner? Why can't we have a little camaraderie off the floor? Are you D- suggesting that there is some sort of tension in their friendship that no. we need to delve deeper in? Are you trying to stir stir that pot? I, I, what, the, what the pot I'm stirring is that I think they can go deeper. 
I think they can get to know each other even better. And I think this is about, you know, maybe my, my own friendships with my guys. Like, I'd like to get to know you better, Jake. Like, I think the people... I don't have room for you in my apartment. <laughs> well, that, I don't want to move in. I mean, we're, I, I got my own place and all that. Uh, but, you know, this is just, I think it's an opportunity that they're kind of missing. Why does D Wade in his one season in Cleveland got to have some rando place in Cleveland where some rando? I mean, he's, he's an apartment like he has a home. Yeah, you know, he's paying just like the rest of us. He, but that's he like pays a, money to stay in his home. Right. But that's a pain in the ass. Like you got to go in there. You got to get your couch, and your bed and everything's got to get set up. You got to get the cable. So so whose responsibility is this? Is the discomfort? Who, who's who's I, that? I, I, who's, I think it's like, look, look, D Wade. Listen, my wife loves you. She wants to hang out with you. My kids love you. I love you. We don't want you going to some apartment for the one year you're going to be in Cleveland. We all know that I'm going to the Lakers next year anyway. I'm leaving this city. Are you're not going to live together in L.A. I mean, and, and in L.A. you get your own spot. But right now, since I'm all set up here, why don't you just chill with me? Maybe he wants to, you know, explore what Cleveland has to offer, and he feels like it's limiting on LeBron's, you know, big I, palatial grounds or wherever he lives. I mean, if D Wade's got some side action going on that he doesn't want people to uncover. I guess I could see that, but see, I, I, D Wade strikes me as a guy that's not doing all that. If he's doing that, it's maybe on the road. You still got the road to, to live that dream. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell this you. This is what Carm. keeps me I up at night. Just... This, this is why we're doing this podcast on the mark, by the way. Uh, Jake Valerius uh, sitting in here as uh, we go through the big issues like what that Dwayne Wade should have stayed with LeBron. All right, we'll do one more on the court. What, what do you make of the Celtics? Because Gordon Hayward's done for the year. But they're winning games when Kyrie's off the court. And Kyrie, when he's on the court, looks ridiculous in green and white. So I'm trying to find, I want to build a case for who can actually take out the Cavs in the East because this could be the year that it ends. I mean, Cleveland looks atrocious at times. I actually don't think it's the Celtics green. I think it's the Milwaukee Bucks green that could do it. But I'm curious your, your take on, uh, on what Kyrie and, and more importantly, almost like Brad Stevens is doing with that team in Boston. That dude can coach basketball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they obviously have been super impressive. When when Hayward went down, I think like most people, I thought so much for the Eastern Conference, you know, championship race that we thought we might see between the Celtics and the Cavs. That sucks. Really sucks. But they've been good. They responded well. I, you know, as, as stupid as the Cavs are being and as badly as they've played at times, I think we're still in a situation where it's like the Cavs are big favorites and until somebody beats them. So okay, you're you're on. See, okay, let me let me give you let me give you the Bucks then. If you're not, I, I can understand. I that. love the Bucks. Everything right? about them, the entire franchise, the from the branding to the players, even love Jason Kidd. Don't know if he's a great coach, but I think love the guy. I actually think that could be a serious problem. Like you should be a really good defensive team, and they actually finally played some defense in the second half against Memphis uh, this week and came back and beat them. But look, man, you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's 6'11". He's almost as strong or maybe even stronger than LeBron. He can jump higher than him. He's taller than him. That's the dude that can guard him. You should be, and you've got Bledsoe now, and you've got Chris Middleton. You, you have some firepower, and if you can grind them on the defensive end, and you're asking a ton for Giannis to score the basketball, drive the basketball, rebound the basketball, protect the rim, and do all that plus guard LeBron. But I actually think the Bucks and you've got it, but you got annoying Matthew Dellavedova who could stir some things up. I think they got a great chance to do it, man. If they if they were coached exquisitely, like if Brad Stevens was coaching the Bucks, I think they could actually beat the Cavs. Like I, I like him a lot, but 
super young. All those things you're saying, Giannis is 23 years old. Uh, he's made the leap into superstardom, I would say, probably last season. Like, we thought it maybe could have been happening before that. Last season, he really made the jump, and out at the start this season, everyone's freaking out about him. Great player. It, in every way, should be a great defensive player when he fully matures, but he is so young, you know, and LeBron may be old and his team may be dysfunctional, but LeBron knows how to get it done. He's got guys around him who have been there, who have done that. That is a team full of veterans, and the Bucks are a young team, a lot of great, super talented players that you think are going to form a really good you know, championship contending core in the future, but it's still so early to say that for him. Yeah, I, you're, you're probably right. I mean, and by the way, you just aged Giannis. He's only 22. He'll be 23 December the 6th. There you go. So he's even younger than that for a couple more days. Let me just say this. I want to see those two play each other in the playoffs. I'm not saying the Bucks are going to win, but I would love to see it. We're going to go to the it's, – it's, it's, it's a nice little hour and 30-minute drive from here. We'll ride on up. Me, you, all fan-sided, credentialed Bucks, Cavs, NBA playoffs. You win? It sounds like a fun series. I'll say that. It, it sounds like a fun series. But – We've had a habit over the past few seasons of saying Cavs against, you know, insert team here. Sounds like a fun series. Then the playoffs start and the Cavs win every game by 30 points. So I think Giannis maybe needs a couple more years before we can legitimately be talking about him as a guy who's going to dethrone LeBron. And the Cavs are going to look different. I just reminded myself when Isaiah Thomas is actually on the court. That will also play a factor given that their point guard position is currently a black hole. Yeah. Derek Rose, when he's on the court, is killing him. Can I mention Lonzo Ball real quick here? You can. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is shooting 30% from the field. He's shooting 25% from three. I sat there the other day, and I went through every single one of Lonzo Ball's dunks in college. Now, there's only one season, and there's a handy-dandy YouTube video that you can watch. Like 95% of them are all backdoor alley-oop lobs or he gets a steal and he's got a breakaway. Point I'm bringing up, he's like the second worst guy in the NBA right now at finishing in the paint. So he doesn't, when he gets in the lane, he's flipping up ridiculous shots and they're, they're rolling off the rim no good. So my point is like if he, if, he could, if he was a little bit stronger, he could power through and maybe he's dunking or maybe even just a little bit stronger to the rim, period. So here's a guy who can't finish it in the lane. He shoots this awkward-looking jump shot. He's fast as hell and he can jump. But I, I, I just think he's a long way away from being like some star and Magic Johnson. Which is fine for a rookie, no. Yeah, but he's like billed by Magic as this like, I, I, listen. He, he does get a triple-double like once a week. He's gotten a couple triple-doubles. He also was benched in the fourth quarter against the Phoenix Suns and Jordan Clarkson went nuts and scored 25 when they beat hey, Phoenix. Phoenix every once in a while. Turn it on. So, so you're 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 Alonzo Ball buyer still? Uh, yeah, I am still. But I mean, I look, he's just coming to the NBA. His rookie season, he's got a huge target on his back thanks to his father and playing for the Lakers and Magic Johnson bigging him up. You looked at his jump shot. He st- it's weird. It looks weird, but sometimes people look weird. He starts it below his waist. I'll say it like that, and and then he, and he's got the he brings it isn't it, pretty. He brings it down. He's got it, it's like slanted, awkward. His feet are all messed up. Like in the NBA, that stuff matters. Again, in college, you got a little more time. You're you're playing against guys like me and you. With all due respect to college basketball players, who are super talented, but there's a big gap between 
who he was playing in college and in his talent level. Well, he certainly was not playing anyone as bad as me in college. I think you're a good defender. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> now, I, I mean, it's it's definitely too early to say. Maybe we should have like cooled off a little bit after his first week. I think people were maybe a little more excited than they are now. But Jason think, Tatum went I, after him. I think for a guy this young in a team that bad, you have to look at the upside and the upside is this is a guy who can get triple doubles in the nba as a rookie that's not that's nothing to sniff at there's not a lot of players who do that most rookies suck that's part of being an nba rookie they want to compare him to jason kidd too who got a lot of triple doubles in his career yeah jason kidd yeah jason kidd played his ass off jason kidd was strong jason kidd was super smart you can't focus on strength for a rookie though that's the one thing we know does come with time right that's true rookies are always skinny they always need to add weight they always need to add muscle he'll only you know he'll only get stronger though if he is committed to being what evidence do you have that he doesn't have that commitment when i watch him play like his motor it just seems like sometimes he's going some motor yeah that's the one thing that we know is good. This kid can run all day. He just acts too cool for me. I don't know. It, it, it listen. It probably all comes down to Levar Ball and that, which is a you know <laughs> fair. I, I certainly have had to put in effort to distinguish Lonzo from his father, who behaves like a moron like ninety percent of the time. But and his younger brother and, and his younger the, brother best is thing shoplifting that, in China. Best thing Donald Trump has done. Yo. Can you can you hook up our three UCLA Hoopers and let them come back and not go to jail? Yeah, and finally, he we'll, found his level. It's really excellent. Yeah, we'll 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 pay you a significant fine, whatever you need. Just just let's not have this become a huge thing. All right, cool. We'll let Leangelo Ball and his teammates come home. All right, I it it's fair. We all we got it out there. I have a bias against Lonzo Ball. It's because of his dad, and but uh, like there are reasons to be concerned about his play. You know. Oh, yeah, and, I, and the inconsistency is alarming. But I think if he were just like consistently below average or even consistently bad, we'd just be like, oh, whatever, and we wouldn't even be talking about him. The reason he keeps you know popping back up is he keeps having these great games every once in a while, and his still, father keeps talking about him, and he's a Laker. He's still negatively affecting his team right now. When you look at his plus-minus, yeah. like the other night against the Suns, he was minus 11, which was worse on the team. Basically, Do you think after watching this, LeBron James is thinking twice about going to the Lakers? That's a good question. Uh, no, I don't because he's LeBron James and he knows wherever he goes, he'll make him good. Yeah, he also is a dubious judge of talent. That That's another thing, too. Like, Le- Great point by you. LeBron James is like trolling Phil Jackson. Who are you, Mr. LeBron GM? You, 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 yeah, well, we can, we can criticize LeBron's player evaluation as – you know, the Cavs de facto GM, but he also knows that whoever he brings to Cleveland is going to be playing with him, which is like the right. regular guy plus like 10%, 25%, you know? Exactly. And he- that makes a difference. You know, no one thought that, you know, Richard Jefferson was going to be an NBA champion. And they teamed up with LeBron James. You no, know, if he was a deodorant, he would be the best deodorant of all time because he can cover up a ton of stink. There's no doubt about it. I mean, LeBron James can make a lot of. He can make you smell good when you haven't showered for five days. That's how good he is. I'll, I'll grant him that. So, but that doesn't make him a good GM. All right, I want to do a little bit of football before we get out of here. There's nothing that bothers me more when a great historic franchise leaves a city like the Cleveland Browns once did. 
like the Baltimore Colts once did and like the Oakland Raiders are doing. And they broke ground in Las Vegas, and there's Mark Davis smiling and talking about how his dad would be so damn proud of him. Listen, there's very little leverage that fans have nowadays, but the Raiders stink or are very average at four and five. Don't let me hold on a second here. Just if I'm a fan, a Raiders fan, I I think they, they have to at least just one game. No one goes. Like literally just set up a blockade for anybody who wants to go in the stadium. I want the stadium completely empty for what they've done. And this would be the – I got to check out when their next home game is. Hang on one second here, Jake, and say look it up. But like don't, don't you feel bad for Raiders fans? Yeah, I feel bad. I don't know what boycotting the stadium achieves though. Like Cost the, him dough. The, the move's happening though. Costing dough is just further evidence that he's right to move the team to another market that is not going to cost him dough. But – Okay, but this would be a like a huge. They're playing the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, I guess they're, it was. It's just a crappy situation all around. Like you said, the fans have no power. You've got home games left with the Patriots this week, then Denver, then the New York Giants, and, and then the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I don't want fans who want to see good football or elite players to get cheated. Denver's a longtime rival. Don't do it there. Don't do it against the Patriots. Go then there and boo Brady. But when the New York Giants come in, the one-win Giants on December the 3rd, that is the... Who wants to watch that anyway? Stage the boycott. No one goes. That's the Why not do it last game of the season? Makes a stronger statement. They don't go. Don't watch the Cowboys at home. Last home game of the season. That's something people pay attention to. The Giants, like you said, that's fine. People say that's a cop out. I'm down. December seventeenth versus the Dallas Cowboys. I won't be going. What? I can tell you that much. And you know they got a whole another couple of seasons to play in Oakland before the before this you know Vegas is ready for them. But don't you know? Listen, you're moving to Vegas. That's cool. Don't be showing up in Las Vegas and doing a whole groundbreaking smile like I wish my dead while you're still playing in Oakland. What type of class is that? Hello, that is such an incredible insult. Just do it under darkness. You don't need to get people in Vegas excited. They're already excited, whoever is, that an NFL team is coming. Are they? I, that's a good question. I don't even know. I don't even know. Maybe they're. Is I, that I assume, a thing that people are. How, the, what are the Golden Knights are having a great season? Aren't they? They, they, they were. I, last time I checked on the Golden Knights, they were doing incredibly well. So? It's been a, a minute since I checked on them. Maybe they're a genius. Yeah. Well. I'm assuming there are at least some fans in Vegas that are happy about the Raiders coming. I, 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 it'd be one thing if like the Jacksonville Jaguars were moving to Las Vegas. Okay, fine. But the Oakland Raiders, who, if they were going to move anywhere, it should have been to Los Angeles and not the two teams that went there. The Chargers should still be in L.A. The Rams uh, should really still be in St. Louis. It was a horrendous, uh, horrendous ownership in St. Louis. That should never have happened. And, and and the one team that should have gone to L.A. or stayed in Oakland is going to Las Vegas. It's, it's all backwards, and yet Roger Goodell's going to get $50 million and a private plan and health, health insurance for his family for life. Everyone's making money. That's what matters. It's unbelievable. All right. Uh, I want to wrap up with one baseball nugget. I, I, I'm pro... Like, if somebody wants to pay you money to play professional sports, that's great. Do it as long as you possibly can and then get on with your life. So there's nothing wrong with Carlos Beltran, who was still playing for the Houston Astros this season. But, you know, the, the Astros win the World Series, and they show Beltran. He's on the field, and he's crying. And, by the way, this is where I clearly, this is a borderline insensitive or whatever. It's a ridiculous take. I'll, I'll grant all that. But I'm looking at Beltran, and, he, and he's crying because he finally won the World Series. Dude, 
You went, you had three at bats in the World Series. You didn't get a hit. You were 0 for 3. You had 20 at bats in the whole playoffs. You were 3 for 20. You had absolutely, basically nothing to do with the Astros winning the World Series. Zero. So why would that, and like, if he, if, if his tears are about the fact that his career is over, I get it. But like this whole crying and the, oh, Carlos Beltran finally won the World Series. No, man, he was a bit piece of nothing on the team. He gets zero credit, none. So I don't, I don't get how that could ever like feel really good. If, if it was me, I'd be crying because I did nothing. And I got to see all these guys on my team celebrating because they actually contributed to a World Series, and I never did. Not that I just won one. You're, you're a terrible person, number one. Number two, I mean, everybody loves Carlos Beltran. Everybody, you talk to the beat reporters who've been covering since he joined the league as a, as a young kid. You talk to the guys, you know, in the locker room with him, his managers, owners, every single person that you can think of that has something to say about Carlos Beltran has something good, something positive, something to say about how great of a person that Carlos Beltran. See, but that's where I and, and we're talking about a young. A young Astros team, okay, who are, you know, they've sort of been in the making for a few seasons now and have finally kind of bloomed into this championship team. It's not an accident that a guy like Beltran ends up on that team and is beloved by everyone. There is value that you can offer a team without, you know, going batting a thousand in the World Series or even batting 300 in the World Series. And so for you to look at all of that, and this wonderful, wonderful career that this guy has had, and to just you know pick holes in it, say he doesn't deserve it. You're a terrible person. There's just no other way. There's no other way around it. it, I'm, it I'm, you're wrong. Listen, I, I, this is where I separate myself from the media masses. I'm not biased because I've I've hung out with Carlos Beltran and 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 become friends with him, and therefore. You know, my take becomes but that's the clouded. Point. His teammates have become friends with him, and that's a valuable thing well, to have in a locker room. And look, he wrote a great piece in the Players Tribune right when he got to Houston. I'll read you a couple paragraphs here. A few weeks ago, after I decided I was going to sign with the Astros for next season, one of the first things I did was call up Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa. I knew there'd be a press conference in Houston. I wanted to see if they'd be around so we could grab dinner and talk for a bit. I was hoping to get a sense of how they were preparing for the offseason, their expectations for next year, stuff like that. So after I answered a bunch of questions at Minute Maid Park... Who Minute- writes these things? What's that? Who writes these things? Carlos Beltran wrote this he thing. Did, the Carlos Beltran, I'm 100% sure, did not write that. <laughs> why, why are you docking, Carlos? Because all of the athletes that write for the Players' Tribune write in exactly the same style. There's definitely some fish. Maybe that could be here. a good gig. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Yeah. We posed for pictures. The three of us met on a steakhouse at the Galleria. Probably went to Del Frisco's. I, I, I know the Galleria well. Good spot. Uh, outstanding place, Houston. Almost immediately after we sat down, I realized that the upcoming season was going to be even more fun than I had imagined. Astros fans, I'm here to tell you, it's going to be a special year. Mark it down. I can already tell after just one dinner uptown, which, by the way, turned out that he was absolutely correct, and they went on to win the World Series, and that's all cool. And, and I, I, you know who I love on the Astros? Who? I, Jose Altuve, that oh, yeah. that dude's yeah, enthusiasm. You love the MVP. Yeah, well, he's that cool. Check, that checks out, right? Yeah, it was cool. The ground ball got hit to him, and he threw it to first base, and he had his reaction, and he was the MVP, and he has a huge part of it. That dude should be crying. Carlos Beltran crying about winning a World Series. Maybe he's crying about retiring, about the end of what has and, been a very emotional, great career, and you know what a nice climax. Would you rather your career end on some crappy hundred loss team? Uh, 
or your career end sitting on the bench for the World Series champions? I I, I just want a statement then. Hey, just for the record, I was crying because my career is over. <laughs> I was crying not because I deserve any of this. I, 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 was, I was a complete hanger on. I was the 25th man. These guys carried me to a World Series. I thank them for the ring. I, I look forward to his next Players Tribune piece. Yeah, honestly, I might very well sell the ring because it, you know, and, and give that money to charity because I had nothing to do with it. I what want you, that. What, did, what are your... What are your opinion of like everybody who plays for the Golden State Warriors outside of the starting five, and even Zaza Pachulia for that matter? My feeling is that they should feel great on some level that they're on the team, but on a more fundamental level, they should feel like crap. Yeah, I, I, if, if I was like Patrick McCaw on the Golden State Warriors, I would be going to the GM and be like, "Hey." Is there any team in the NBA that wants me to play? Like, could I go to Chicago where they absolutely suck and Justin Holiday's starting? He might get punched in the face, though, so you got to be careful. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I would do. All right. Great to be with you, Jake Valerius, and uh, hope, you, hope you all enjoyed the conversation. On the mark, subscribe on iTunes, rate us. Please give me five stars so my career can go somewhere. It would be greatly appreciated. And tell your friends, your family, people that you don't like to check it out. Especially uh, those. And so every Wednesday at noon, we'll be podcasting. Jake's going to be with me uh, as much as he can be, which I'm hoping will be uh, every week. And we'll talk about the stuff that's very, very important in, in sports, as you can see by this episode. Sounds like fun. All right, we will see you next week. Enjoy the games. And uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at, at the Carm. If you want to follow yourself, Jake. At Jake Valerius. Bang, 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 bang. Jake's also a soccer expert, so if you have any soccer stuff for him, uh, that's the guy to go to. We will see you next week. It's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.